Is today the last day where Daniel Vogelback will be on the New York Mets roster? The non-tender deadline will be breaking it all down on today's show. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, the non-tender deadline. We're going to be discussing it all in the first segment, who is definitely getting tendered. And the biggest question marks, Daniel Vogelback, Louis Guillorme, which of those two guys gets tendered? Then in the next segment, we'll look at all the relief pitchers, see who might get tendered there. And in the final segment, I never did break down who was protected from the Rule 5 draft and added to the 40-man roster. So I'm going to go through who the Mets added and who they didn't add when it comes to their top prospects. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work the managing editor. Today is the non-tender deadline. That means that all teams have until 8 p.m. tonight to tender contracts to their arbitration-eligible players. This is their last chance if they want to take somebody off their books, wipe their hands clean with them so they don't have to pay their salary next year. This is the time that they can do it. For the New York Mets, there's a couple players that we know are not going to be cut today. Pete Alonso, obviously. David Peterson and Joe Lucchese, I believe, are also locks to be tender because they're good starting pitching depth at this point. The Mets need to keep as much of that as they can. Then you have DJ Stewart. I'd be very surprised if the Mets decided to non-tender DJ Stewart. And if they did, it would point the, the sign that they're going to be very aggressive and adding in free agency. But this is a weak free agent class. Look at the free agent outfielders out there. You know, DJ Stewart, for what he could provide power-wise – at $1.5 million is a steal. Now, it's not to say that he's going to be on the Mets roster for all of next year. It's a very small sample size that he thrived in, but when you have all the questions regarding Starling Marte with the injuries, DJ Stewart is good insurance for a roster that doesn't have a lot of outfielders anyway. So I imagine he stays put. There's two position players that I think are really on the bubble, and we'll get to all the other pitchers in the next segment. But there's... Two guys I think all eyes are on when the Mets ultimately make their announcement. It's Daniel Vogelback and Louis Guillorme. Vogelback slated to make $2.6 million in arbitration, according to MLB trade rumors. He's a good uh, hitter, okay? Overall, he's going to produce above-average offense for a team. In 2022, for the Mets after the deadline, he was great. He got on base at a 393 clip. That was awesome for them. They needed help at the DH spot, and he was able to really thrive in his half of a new DH platoon, which Darren Ruff did not perform in on the other side of it. He was good, though. Vogelback was. Was no question if the Mets were going to tender him last offseason. Comes in, struggles when the Mets were you know, really tailspinning at the beginning of the year. He leveled off his numbers in the second half, but he still had his on-base percentage drop all the way down to 339. Now, his career on base percentage is 342. 
His career slugging percentage is 410. He had a 404 slug. So he got basically to his career marks. But there's a reason why this guy's been DFA'd three times in his career. He hit 30 home runs in 2019 and then was DFA'd in 2020. He was somewhat decent with the Brewers, and David Stearns himself DFA'd him. So there's a reason this keeps happening, and it's because his profile is just not one that is sustainable. Can't run, can't defend. Okay, so already it's a bat-only guy. Doesn't have as much power as you'd like for a DH type. Yes, he hits some home runs, but he hasn't touched that 30 home run power since 2019. And we all know that the power numbers across Major League Baseball were insane that year because there was a juiced baseball. So, to me, when you have a guy that can't run, can't defend, can't hit left-handed pitching, and is taking at-bats away from a a younger guy, Mark Vientos, that has so much more upside, especially when it comes to hitting the ball out of the ballpark, it's a no-brainer to save that money, invest it elsewhere, non-tender him. Guillaume is a much tougher decision because, for one, I love Guillaume. I have been as big of a Guillaume stand um, as you'll find <laughs> in Mets content creation. I, I always love watching him play. He's a wizard with that glove. He's just a cool personality on the Mets, in my opinion. But at the same time, I don't know his long-term fit here. And The fact that the Mets claim Zach Short makes this a really confusing decision now as they approach this deadline because Zach Short has a skill set that's very similar to Guillaume's, sort of a defensive first utility guy. Short is not as good of a hitter, though. Now, he has more pop. I'll give him that. But, you know, Guillaume has a season in the big leagues in 2022 where he hit 273 across a, a sample size that spanned larger than 300 plate appearances. He got on base at a 351 clip, and in his career, he's gotten on base at a 344 clip. Doesn't strike out a lot, walks a good amount. Short walks a good amount, but strikes out a ton. Now, you know, Zach Short might be able to play a little more in the outfield. Gourmet's never done that at the big league level. So maybe there's a little more that he brings to the bench in that regard. He's also pre-arbitration. So He's making the minimum that makes him a million dollars cheaper than the $1.7 million that Guillermo said to make. But I don't think if the Mets non-tendered him, it'd be because of the salary. I think it'd be because they're handing the keys you know, to some younger players. And if you look at the roster, you have Alonzo and Vantos at first. You have McNeil and Mauricio at second. You have Lindor and Mauricio at short. And then you have Beatty and Mauricio at third. He would be Ronnie Mauricio, the backup at three positions and could start at two of them. Guillaume was that guy the last couple of years that backed up all those positions. So having Mauricio on the roster makes Guillaume a little bit less of a necessity. Um, and then you have Zach Short as this guy that, you know, I, I honestly think if they want to, they could have him on the roster now. Later on in the offseason, they can pass him through waivers, get him off their 40, and you know he can just be basically on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training uh, when it's all said and done. I I think that's a distinct possibility or he sticks on the 40 and he might get cut at the end of spring training. But with Guillaume, I think the best thing for his career at this stage is to get non-tendered right now because you look at the free agent class and he's a top 10 middle infielder, in my opinion, without a doubt. Honestly, might be top five. 
because it's just such a thin class. You know, Brandon Crawford is one of the free agent shortstops. Tim Anderson, the other one. Elvis Andres. Matt Rosario. I mean, these are the shortstops that are out there. I think Guillerme is more of a second baseman, but still, if you're a, a team that just needs an innings eater at the position, a, a rebuilding team, you know, if you're the Nationals and you want to plug in him in at second base, like he he's going to be pretty attractive on the open market, and he'll probably land somewhere where he can get playing time, which he's just probably not going to find on the Mets. So I think for Guillerme's career. It's probably better than the non-tender. And there's a chance that with a guy that's been in the organization this long, they might do him that solid. It's 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 very similar to the Dom Smith thing a couple of years ago. I guess that was last offseason. Um, coming off a down year, clearly a major league player, but the ceiling is questionable. The playing time moving forward is questionable where you just maybe decide to, to give them a chance somewhere else. Um, and because of Mauricio and the fact that I don't think they're going to stick him back in triple, I think he's going to be a big leaguer, you know, to me, it could make sense at the same time. I still think Yorm is a good player and I would be happy if they kept them. Um, and you know, if they ended up just cutting short and you know, you make Mauricio earn a job, you know, you make Mauricio force the Mets to make a tougher decision on their roster. Um, later, I don't think that um, there's any problem with that. But again, if you're trying to do Guillaume Assad, give him a chance to pick his destination. Maybe it is the best thing. So I'll be really interested on that. I think it's kind of a coin flip at this point. Now, there's a lot of relief pitchers that have to be discussed. And that's where we're going to go next. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today. It's important to be prepared. Supply chain shortages for medications or an inability to get medications in a timely manner whether it's due to a natural disaster or if you're traveling abroad, all of this can leave you unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's where Jace Medical comes in with their Jace case, providing you with five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Jace was doctor created and it's doctor recommended. You can now customize your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Personally, my wife and I, we like to travel, and whenever we leave the house for an extended period, it's always good to have that safety blanket of our Jace case. If you want to get one today, go to jacemedical.com, enter the code Locked On at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code Locked On at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 coverage of the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. Yesterday's show, we really dove deep into the Mets bullpen. I uh, brought up eight different free agent targets that I liked talked about some free agents that I didn't think the Mets would go after. And I also looked at the internal candidates and where we landed was Edwin Diaz and Brooks Raley are the only relievers we're hundred percent sure will be in the bullpen next year. But 
if you're going to add a bunch of guys in free agency, you got to clear the decks a little bit. And that's where today comes into play. Who is going to be left standing after this deadline? Well, Phil Bickford and Reed Garrett are pre-arb. So for now, they're good. Could be let go at another point, but for now, they're fine. Josh Walker, Grant Hartwig, same thing. So those guys, I imagine, will be safe today. The ones you're looking at, Drew Smith, Trevor Gott, Sam Coonrod, Jeff Brigham. They're all arbitration eligible. So these are the guys you got to make a decision on. And we'll start with the most prominent name, Drew Smith. There was a point in time at the beginning of the offseason where they first announced the arbitration numbers for all these guys where I said maybe you do cut Drew Smith because he was that bad this past season. His whip was over 1-4 for the first time since 2018. It's the worst it's been in a really long time. Typically, his whip is around 1 or around 1.1. That is, of course, walks and hits over innings pitch. That just tells you how many base runners, how much traffic was, was really hurting him this past year. ERA over 4. And just so many outings that were just bad. Like the numbers to me are shocking that they're even as good as they were because at times it felt like that this guy, every single time he pitched in leverage, was just awful. Just awful. With all that said, career 3.53 ERA. He struck out nine batters per nine throughout his career, so about a strikeout per inning. And he has a really good fastball. Okay. His fastball just this past season, despite all of his struggles, batters hit just 169 against it. Uh, you know, he averages, you know, a little over 95 miles per hour on the pitch. So he still has that fastball to lean on. The problem was he lost his slider this past year. Didn't have any other above average pitch to pair with that fastball. And that's why he struggled so much. But I, I think the Mets with, you know, the resources they've been pouring into their pitching lab. I imagine they look at a guy like Drew Smith as, you know, a, a guy that, still has enough clay to be molded there where, hey, you fix that slider, his fastball's good, all of a sudden he could be right back to where he was in 2022. And if he's your seventh man in the bullpen, like he could do a lot worse than Drew Smith. So I think Drew Smith is most likely safe. Um, I think his, I don't have his ARB number written down here in my notes, but I think it was 1.7 million. No, I think it was 1.5 million. Um, Trevor Gott was 2 million. I know that one for sure off the top of my head here, but, but Gott is the one that, I think it's non-tendered. His velocity was down a couple ticks this past year. Didn't have a single plus pitch. None of them were good. Um, remember, they got Trevor got, got, got. Um, uh, what was that, in June? Early July, June-ish? It was at a point in the season where they weren't necessarily dead in the water just yet. They ate Chris Flexen's salary to get a new arm in their bullpen in Trevor Got from the Mariners. And he wasn't good. And... You know, Stearns did at one point have him with the Brewers in 2022. So maybe he likes his stuff. I think he gets non-tendered. I think you clear him out. Doesn't have any minor league options. So you'd be stuck with him on the big league roster. You could save yourself a couple million dollars and just cut your ties. I think that he's gone. Jeff Brigham, 5-2-6 ERA this past season, nearly pitched 40 innings, which is kind of shocking with how much he was up and down. According to his Fangrass page, still says he has an option left. And if that is true, I think that's the one saving grace for Jeff Brigham. Also, there was moments in time where you saw that sweeper and thought, oh, he kind of has nasty stuff. I, I am very torn on Brigham. Um, I think they keep him if there really is that option. Sometimes Fangrass doesn't update those properly. If he has no options, I think he's gone. If he does still have an option remaining, 
and you can, you know, have him on your 40, have him compete for a job in spring training and put him in Syracuse to begin your year. Um, and he's just waiting in the wings. That's where I think they go. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. Sam Coonrod does not have an option. Um, so I think he gets non-tendered. That's my guess. Um, you know, he did have some good stuff. Like I kind of liked what I saw, but the results were really not there. Very small sample size. I, I could go either way. I, I really could. With all that said, the roster right now for the Mets is sitting at 33. If they non-tender got Vogel back and one of Guillaume or Brigham, you know, that brings you down to 30. Coonrod as well, that could get you below 30. Like the Mets are going to be sitting with a, a pretty open 40-man roster. That's a lot of work that David Stern's going to have to do to fill it out. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, maybe they carry more of these guys than I'm expecting at this stage. But again, if you're kind of scanning through the relievers, the fact that you can't do anything with Gott and Coonrod, if you don't want them in their in your big league bullpen. To me, it makes them real non-tender candidates. Bring them again. If that option isn't actually there, then I put them right there into that camp. I think Drew Smith is tendered. So the, the guys that I believe won't be touched today, for sure, it's Pete Alonzo, David Peterson, Joey Lucchese, and Drew Smith. Those are the only four that I'm very confident will be here tomorrow. The rest of them, it really could go any which way. I think that's Brigham, Guillaume, the guys I'm closer to 50-50 on. Gott's probably in that camp as well because he's at least a big, big reliever. You know, you could talk me into Gott as the eighth guy in your bullpen, whatever. But I think the Mets are going to clear the deck a little bit. And with that said, with a 40-man roster that could dip below 30 after today, why did they not protect more guys from the Rule 5 draft? And particularly, why was the one guy that they chose to protect Alex Ramirez coming off a horrible year in high A. We're going to break all of that down next. First, though, another word from our sponsors. Whenever the New York Mets make their decisions today on their non-tender candidates, do you know the first place I'm going to go? The subtext to let my locked on Mets insiders know the latest news. This is a texting service we now offer where you can get updates from me on the team, on the show. You can uh, give me feedback or ask me questions about any given episode. One-on-one communication through text. It's been a lot of fun getting to know some of the everyday listeners. If you want to join, you can find a link in the episode description or go to subtext.com slash locked on Mets to become a locked on Mets insider. All right, why do the Mets protect Alex Ramirez? This is a pretty surprising decision when they came through and added Ramirez to the 40-man roster because this guy was not good this past season. He's 20 years old, so you can give him that excuse, but you compare him to Jet Williams at 19 and how each of them fared in high A, and it was a tale of two different players, seriously. Ramirez hit 221, got on base at a 319 clip, slugged at a 317 clip. Now, he did steal 21 bases. He did hit 21 doubles. Maybe they love his defense in center field, but I just don't see it. I really don't see why they thought he would get claimed because that's really what it comes down to. It's protecting 
your top prospects from the Rule 5 draft. That happens in the winter meetings where a team can claim one of your prospects, put them on their 40-man roster, and if they make it through a whole season on your, not on your 40-man roster, excuse me, on your active roster, that's the big, if it was just a 40-man roster, yeah, of course, but for a team to put Alex Ramirez on their active roster all year, I just don't see it unless they're worried about you know an Oakland Athletics type team that just doesn't care at this point about winning. It's all right, we'll we'll stick him on our bench, we'll put him in center field a little bit, and, and it's fine. But if you look at the way he fared this season, this guy wasn't seeing anything well but fastballs. Okay, the walk percentage that he had on fastballs was thirteen point nine percent. His strikeout percentage against fastballs was 13.5%. He was set down on strikes on breaking balls over 30% of the time. And on off-speed pitches, change-up split fingers, over 40% of the time. Just did not see anything well except for the fastball. He didn't even see that well. Hit like you know 210 against it. This was not a guy that was faring well with the bat at all. The average exit velocity for him was 88 miles per hour. That's good, but it's not like Ronnie Mauricio numbers that make you so intrigued about his potential. My only gauge on why the Mets add him to the 40 is for one, they're thin in the outfield. Two, before this past season, he was an up-and-coming prospect. He had an 802 OPS in low A, which is on-base plus slugging. That's pretty solid when he's 19 years old in low A. And then he actually fared well in a decent sample size in high as 757 OPS. But do I have any confidence he's going to be a big leaguer at this point? Not really. Maybe they love his makeup. Maybe they love his defense. Maybe they love his work ethic. Time will tell. I'm looking at him now and being like, all right, is he ever going to be a fourth outfielder even? When you, know, you were hoping at one point he'd be your you know, starting center fielder of the future. Now you have Drew Gilbert. Now you have Luis and Helicuna. Now you have Jet Williams. Like all of these uber athletic guys, Gilbert is an outfielder. The Acuna and Williams could become outfielders if the Mets needed them to. I just think he's so far down the pecking order. I mean, you can have Ryan Clifford as a you know, corner outfield guy, but still uh, potentially an outfielder nonetheless. He might end up at first base, but a guy that has a ton of pop. So I don't know. I was surprised by the move. But then again, I guess if your 40 is as clear as it is, maybe that's all it comes down to, right? Hang on to him. Make sure you don't end up having something wonky. There's enough upside potential where I guess I understand not giving up on him after one bad year, but it was a very bad year. I'm surprised they didn't also add Jeremiah Jackson to the 40. Very surprised. Been talking about Jeremiah Jackson since they acquired him for Dominic Leone at the trade deadline. Absolute masterclass for Billy Upper to get anything for Dominic Leone. This is a guy that hit 22 home runs and stole 27 bases in double A this year. And he played all over the field, like every position outside a catcher like this dude can play. Former shortstop. Now he's more of that utility type. But to me, like there is a clear future big leaguer here. There, there's a guy who has a skill set with the pop in his bat, with some speed, with the ability to play defense where. There's a utility guy right here, and especially with the potential decision on Guillaume, claiming Zach short. Like I'd rather have Jeremiah Jackson on the 40 than either of those guys at this stage with the fact that it's full control, full options. He wouldn't need to be on your team. He'd just be sitting in AAA or AA. 
my allergies are, are kicking in. If you can see my eyes watering, I'm not getting this emotional over it. Although maybe I will be, if he gets clean with the rule five draft, maybe I will be brought to tears because I had some hope that Jeremiah Jackson would be this awesome steal of the trade deadline that would turn into not necessarily a starter, but a guy that's on the big league roster for a couple of years, which for a guy you picked up off the scrap heap in Leon, it would have been, or at, at this point, it still is a really good trade. We'll see if he passes through that rule five draft. I just feel like he's going to get claimed. I don't know though. Justin Jarvis. Um, this is another one that was interesting because for one, he was drafted by David Stearns full circle moment, fifth round, 2018 draft traded to the Mets for Mark Canna. He had a three, three, three ERA and double a this past season really struggled in triple a first with the Brewers, then with the Mets. He walked 34 batters in 43 innings. That is rough. His ERA was really bad. I'm going to do him the favor and not mention what his ERA was awful. It was like over seven or eight. You had to combine the two stops. I saw them separated. It was bad. Anyway, I get not putting him on the 40 because of that. Um, but there's so much room on the 40. I would have been okay if they did add him. But I don't think he gets claimed because that the walks in AAA, that's going to scare a lot of teams off of actually wanting to give him big league innings. Coleman Crow, another one that could have been added, but he got Tommy John surgery. He was acquired in the Eduardo Escobar trade. I, I get not, you know, putting him on the 40 because of that. Who's going to claim him? Um, I don't think it's likely, but you never know because he's rehabbing and you can put him on your active roster, then put him on the IL. I, I don't even know how that works with the Rule Five Draft. Um, I guess that would be legal. I don't know. Interesting. Jawander Suarez is the one that I'm going to kind of bang the table for again. I would have thought that Suarez and Jeremiah Jackson would have been put on the 40, not Alex Ramirez and not even really caring too much about Jarvis or Crow or any of the other names that you can look at. I mean, we can go through them, but there's really no one else prominent that I think really bears much discussion. Joander Suarez was amazing in double a came in there late, but had 24 scoreless innings in a row at one point. And he had 13 consecutive no hit innings, had a, a six-inning no-hit appearance or no-hit start. Um, I can't actually – it might have been appearance. Regardless, he then started a game in a doubleheader, which is a seven-inning game in the minor leagues, and threw a no-hitter and looked really good. Did not fare well in the playoff game that he appeared in, but I thought they might put him on there. He's interesting starter depth and a guy that with that potential upside, I wouldn't be surprised if he got claimed. So we'll see. Well, these decisions aren't necessarily bad ones if these guys don't get claimed. In fact, if they don't get claimed, they're great decisions because you kept them off the 40, you left that spot available, and you retain them. We'll just see if they retain all these guys. I am Jackson in particular, Suarez also a little bit apprehensive to think that they're going to be with the Mets um, after the winter meetings, but you never know. David Stearns has paid a lot of money to know that a lot more than I am. So hopefully. He's right. Um, anyway, though, that's going to be all for today's show. I'm feeling pretty confident that I'll be giving you guys a show on Saturday this week because they're going to cut some people, and I want to break that down. I don't really want to wait until Monday to do it. So make sure you follow wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, particularly if you're watching on YouTube. We're trying to make a push to 10,000 subs, so appreciate all of you with that subscribe button. Um, make sure if you want to become a locked on Mets insider to get the news first, you can do that as well. Find the link in the episode description. 
And we'll see. We'll see who gets non-tendered, and we'll see who gets non-tendered around the league. That is what I'll be talking about most likely on a Saturday show. The only reason why I wouldn't do one is that the Mets non-tender nobody. Or actually, I'll make this proclamation. If Daniel Vogelback is tendered a contract, I don't want to talk about it, so I won't until Monday. See you all then with the next edition of Locked on Mets.